that ahead, we acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of the land in which this podcast is being recorded, the Boon people of the Kulin Nation. We pay respects to their elders past and present. Welcome to A Head Full of Dreams, a podcast designed to consciously make a difference. I'm Tess. And I'm Nikki. We're sisters, best friends, and together we founded AHEAD, Melbourne's first mindful salon. In this space, you'll be empowered, inspired, and entertained as we welcome you into our community and show you the ups and downs of running a conscious business. Here's to great conversations AHEAD. My name is Nikki, and I am sitting here with my sister Tess. Uh, she also happens to be my best friend. We mm. do everything together, and we're also business partners. We are indeed. Which is how this little uh, little podcast in your ears started. <laughs> so that's sort of how we got into business. Mm. We spent the first, I'd say, three years. So th- let's talk about this. Actually, we had no clients. Literally, no clients. Mm. The only clients that we had on our opening day were friends and family. Mm-hmm. And I think we discounted them so much that we probably lost so much money <laughs> in doing their services anyway. But we had no clients, so we had to literally start from scratch. So initially, we went around with letterbox drops. Do you remember this? Yeah, I loved it. Letterbox drops. So we used to just walk the streets and just drop pamphlets into people's letters, letterboxes and say, you know, here we are, welcome to a head, come in, blah, 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 blah. Mm. Can we talk about how we named our salon as well? I don't remember. Yes, you do. I don't. I remember that we were going to be like a lot so we of other names. We couldn't decide on a name. I really wanted to be called Polly because our surname is Pollock. And I was like, yep, cute. Let's call it Polly because it's like the two of us together. Mm. Tess didn't like that. Then we were going to... Because it's our dad's nickname. And mm. I was like, I don't want it to sound like we're like doing it like, love you, dad. But no, it's not about you. This is like our thing that we were doing together. I didn't... I wanted to be sep- a separate identity. Yeah, it, that was good. Good in hindsight. Then we were going to call it Ruby uh, mm. Ru- or Ruby Red. Or, I think I it was like Ruby's Place and that's because our birthstone is Ruby. We're both born in July. So we wanted that like Ruby Emerald. And then we we started with Red in our salon as well to like represent the yeah. Ruby Stone. Yeah, <laughs> ridiculous. And then we, we just couldn't find a name. So we ended up calling it Ahead, calling our salon Ahead. Oh, we were Ahead Hair and Beauty actually initially. Mm. We were Ahead Hair and Beauty. Since then we've undergone a name change and a rebrand and all sorts of things. But weirdly at the time it was just sort of like oh that's a name that's not taken mm-hmm. so it was small a capital h ead mm-hmm. that was just like that's available whatever let's just do well, it i think it was meant to be a play on words which we thought were very clever at the time because it was like a head because we're working on a head full of hair or a head that has eyebrows or whatever it was and it was like saying we were ahead of the rest yeah it was great together <laughs> But I think it it's was interesting. Good, though, at the time. At the time, yeah, it was good. But I think it's interesting because now who we are nine years later, mm. literally everything that we do in the salon mm. is based around a head. So obviously is, yeah. I feel like the, the culture and the experience that we offer our team is very much ahead of what maybe other salons are doing. But also the mindfulness ahead. Like oh, totally. Literally everything is based around a head. Now I'm like, oh, it's onto something. We but <laughs> Actually, yes, that was definitely the plan that we had. That was, was the plan. Yeah, 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 of course. Did you not get that from the start? <laughs> yeah, if you didn't get it, come on, hurry up. <laughs> so the first one to three years, we spent a lot of time watching SVU. Yeah. Uh, we had no team. It was just myself and Tess. And we very, very, very slowly built. I can remember having one day where we were doing an 11-hour day 
I had one client in the morning for an eyebrow wax at 10 o'clock and one client at like 8.40 at night Mm. for a leg wax or something, like literally two clients on either end of the day. Mm. And I remember the first one said, you know, how's your day? Like, are you busy today? I said, oh, Mm. yeah, we're fully booked. Like, it's just hectic. I'm not even going to get a lunch break. (sighs) And then by the time I saw the last client in the evening, she said, you know, how, how's your day been? I said, oh my God, it's been crazy mm. today. It's been really, really intense. <laughs> um, and we really did just have to hustle and grow. Yeah. Like it doesn't really get, in terms of business growth, it doesn't really get much more stunted than that. Yeah. We were in a residential street, no foot traffic whatsoever, like actually no foot traffic whatsoever. We grew purely on word of mouth. Mm -hmm. There was no such thing as like paid ads and social media and being able to get into an audience's hands. Mm -hmm. We had no money for advertising and we really did just grow organically. Mm -hmm. And I don't really understand how we survived the first three years Mm -hmm. because we hadn't priced ourselves correctly. We relied purely on word of mouth. It was really intense and we really did. We really didn't understand the intensity of what we'd taken on. We were guest on our mate's podcast the other day and she said, you know, you, oh my God, I can't believe how young you were when you started your business. And I said, you know, I think it, it really served us well because we were so naive in thinking that we were able to do things like, you know, you have that Mm -hmm. like blind trust of being young and just being like, whatever, I can do anything. We definitely had an element of that. So we, as you get older, fear talks to you and it, and it's sort of that voice gets a bit louder. You get a bit more conservative. Definitely. And I think as well, we had each other. Like, I feel like there's strength in numbers and like Nikki and I have always had each other. So if one's doubting them, the other one can hype her up and be like, no, no, no. Like we've got it. We can do this, yada, yada. I think that's the thing. It's very different going into any thought. Like I think of like opening a business on my own. Well, I couldn't, I couldn't even fathom that. The whole reason I got interested in having a business was because you came to me and was like, we can do this. And I was like, we can do anything and add that sort of thing to it. So I think it is really hard Thank to you, mate. I don't know how people become sole traders. Like I, I, I'm just like how imagine the pressure. You've got to have a lot of strong people in your corner to be doing that. It, it's yeah. incredible. So then three to five years, we got a business coach, um, thank goodness, because we really weren't moving forward. We weren't making any money. We weren't profitable. It was costing us money. And we realized, oh, shit, something's not quite right. So we were super busy and we'd put on a team member, but we weren't able to actually retain any money in our business. Mm -hmm. Got a business coach, learned how to price ourselves to profit, basically completely redesigned the whole business and... Then we, in between three to five years, we really started growing our team and and establishing ourselves as a company, I guess. Five to seven years, we built the team more. Um, We did a lot of charity work and really started to work out that there was things outside of just doing hair and beauty. And in the last couple of years, we've really redefined what we do and why we do it. So Tess, I'd love to know what what have you found the most rewarding part of owning a business I think for sure when we got really clear on what we wanted to get out of our business and what we wanted to create with it and what we wanted to I guess our mission our purpose our values I think when we got that and then started getting a team that aligned with that that was the most rewarding thing for me because then it's very easy to create I think the vision that we had for what we wanted to create we've been able to create with the people that we've gotten very clear on who align in that community and team wise And then we're able to create the experience that we have. And I think we got really clear on what was important to us, how we wanted to spend our time, the type of um, people that we wanted to spend our time with, clients and team-wise as well. So not just, you know, because someone was paying us money being like, oh, yep, come in, or not because we've hired someone that we have to, like, stay with that or if they don't want to align. Do you know what I mean? Like, Mm. it's. I think we got very clear on 
having that alignment and if people weren't aligned that's okay it's okay you know there are other places that will suit you better Mm -hmm. and I think getting really clear on that and having that real true alignment client-wise team-wise community-wise that's been the most rewarding part for me because through that comes nothing but happiness and good vibes and that's where I feel most rewarded Mm, what about you I feel like the the team what we've been able to do with the team like Mm. Our business mentor, Beck, said to us the other day, she was like, you guys change people's lives. Mm. And I really tried to sort of sit in that. It just made me feel a little bit uncomfortable, but I really tried to sit in that and, like, receive that fully. And I was like, wow. As, I mean, I can hand on heart say that our team have changed our lives and our community and our clients have absolutely changed yeah. our lives, obviously. Absolutely. It's been incredible. But I never, I guess I never really thought of us as doing the same thing. I'm like, oh, we just do what we do. And it's like, you know, we do what we like doing and it mm. doesn't really feel that groundbreaking maybe but um I really sat back the other day and I was like wow I think I think Meg might be right <laughs> um, but she is right it was yeah it was huge that I find yeah. that what we put into the team has definitely been my proudest and most yeah. rewarding experience yeah. for sure for sure beautiful what about most challenging what do you think about like when you think of challenging things in business and be honest uh I think being totally honest and transparent, I would say that the most challenging challenges have come through team, I think. Um, that doesn't – we rave about our team currently, of course, and we love them and they're all incredible. But we've also had people that were harder to navigate around. We finding, touched on this recently on uh, the podcast that we were guests on. Yeah. I think finding the right team and the aligned team, currently we have it, which is amazing. Love it. The girls are incredible. That's all genuine and real. I think it has been hard having former staff members, team members, maybe that weren't aligned or had – I think it is really hard when you have the best intentions – and really trying to create that experience and it can somehow get into with any industry it can go with the wrong people or it can have suddenly it can create egos and people who don't align with your values or you can feel blindsided and feel like shit where did that come from and Mm. I think that that's been my biggest challenge that's been my biggest learn I think when I've I think that's that's natural when when we have such a personal and personable business. Yeah. We put so much into it. It's hard not to take it personally. Yeah. When um, you know, and people do what's right for them. And it was funny Tess and I were talking the other day about how different we were once upon a time even as leaders. Yes. So I know that there would be previous team members as much as we can sit here and say, "Oh, a you know, things have, have come from not having the right people. I know that there would be people out there who have worked with us or yeah. in our business and they would say that person was a rubbish leader uh, or that person, that, that culture and that place to work was not a healthy environment or whatever they would say because things that do progress. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and people I think who have worked with us. reality, I'm not trying to take from that at all. And mm. the same way that I wouldn't want mine taken either. But I think that would be in terms of challenging sides of things. Like I think I've learned the most there. Mm-hmm. And I've got. It's definitely the hardest part very, of having a business. It's really for hard, sure. and it's really hard because clients come and go, team members come and go. But I think the challenging side of you can maneuver a lot of things. I've definitely found the team side of things and getting the right team and mm. having that and trusting that mm. has been the biggest challenge. And we're not an average team. Like I, we we are a very close knit team. We do put a lot into our team. We invest a hell of a lot of like time, energy, space, love into our team different to any other place I've ever worked in. Yeah. And that can be good and bad. Yeah. So when that goes pear-shaped in someone, it's like going out with someone, like it's like a marriage. Yeah. 
if someone wants to leave that marriage, it's hard not to be devastated. Yeah. You know, and it's like sometimes it has nothing to do with you and sometimes it has everything to do with you. Yeah. Sometimes I've found another person. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But the reality is I think learning to learning to let people go is fucking hard, but it's and so, to not take it personally, yeah. For yeah, sure. for sure. For sure. And even like I've spoken openly with Taya about this. Our manager, Taya, who's been with us for nearly seven years, finished up last Saturday. And she told us, you know, a long time ago that this was what her plan was. You know, yeah. she didn't have a definitive date, but this is what her plan was. And you can't be more grateful as a business Absolutely. owner to get, you know, X amount of months notice that someone is thinking of doing this. And she was so considered and, and mm. gentle and loving in her approach and gracious with us and mm. generous with mm. us. You know, and I still, I reckon I cried for three months. I cried honestly. this morning. <laughs> yeah, still cried. <laughs> I, I reckon I cried for yet. three months. So when she told us that yeah. she was leaving, because I was like, I, how could she feel like she wants to leave here? And it has, the, I mean, in this instance, us, yeah. I, I'm aware that it doesn't have anything to do with yeah. us, but that's her going to live her dream with her husband. And, you know, I'd love a seat in that car as well. But we all would. that's the reality is like people yeah. come and people go and being able to graciously watch someone leave it's fucking hard <laughs> i it's, don't think i did that i cried we were sobbing in no, each other's arms basically holding her leg as she walked out the door <laughs> begging her not to go but that was a massive lesson and and you know you Mm. we're always learning we are always learning how to navigate and i think even in the situations where it has been you know the other way with things where it has been you know harder and more i guess what's the word like harder to receive like a bit jabby a bit dabby a bit like yuck and a bit you know ugly i'm very grateful for those experiences as well because we learn so much from them Mm. and i think we've really evolved and changed and learned and like learned from and we're human beings at the end of the day we started when we were 21 and 23 Mm mm-hmm We've learned a lot. We're now, you know, nearly a decade on, like I'm turning 33 next week. And it's time where it is, we, we're, I think we really are learning the lessons and um, working constantly and trying to improve, improve, improve and better and better and better mm. every experience that we have. Absolutely. And, you know, you and I are completely different leaders than what we were even three years ago. Oh, absolutely. So, and I, this is one of the reasons I want to start the podcast. Mm. On Instagram, I think our salon looks like it is Disneyland for yeah. a lot of people. And we try and keep it real as much as Which we... is also Instagram. It is that highlights real. Like, people aren't putting, like, or, you know, few and far between are putting up the shit bits. So For sure. And we try real. and speak pretty transparently about what goes on in our salon. However, it can be hard, especially, you know, like, you know you've got a small a small little gap of time to be able to yeah. say how you feel about something. This is why I wanted to start the podcast because we want to share the ups and the downs of mm-hmm. running a small conscious business. And one of the amazing things about running a conscious business is that it's purposeful and beautiful and connective. And it means that our team is connected and our clients are connected. But one of the really hard downfalls of that as well is that when things don't go the way that you hope that they'd go, it hurts like fuck. Yeah, it really does. Absolutely. And that is like, we've owned a business for nine years and I reckon I cried three times last month about, oh, like yeah. over it. I feel anxious, you know, somewhat regularly when different things go wrong in our business. I feel happy most days in our business, mm. but it really is like Instagram can make businesses look incredible and flawless. Yeah. And our salon, I have to say, is pretty harmonious and amazing and incredible 99.9% of the time. But there are 0.1% where we have shit days. We have clients who we can't please. Like that's the reality. And that's something that we need to talk about more in our industry. Sometimes we don't, that's a whole episode in itself, (laughs) but sometimes we don't, we have clients who we can't please. And even though we're aware that they may not be the right fit for our salon or we might not be the right fit for them, it still hurts. Mm. It still really hurts. Mm. Like it's such a an emotional industry anyway 
But I think the way that we've grown with the challenges of having team, because for me, definitely team has been the biggest challenge, you know, past, not so present, they're pretty, this pretty easy day to day, but there's always things that pop up. I said it on Kate's podcast the other day. You just don't know what people are going through. So, Mm. you know, at some point every month, one of our team will be going through something and they need that extra support and that extra love Mm. and that extra care. And, you know, we are constantly working, training, evolving with them and supporting them and holding them. But sicknesses and things like that. Yeah, for sure. We've we've really been hit with a lot of sickness. As all of Melbourne has. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. That's probably the most challenging thing that we've navigated, but it's definitely, I feel like it's our biggest joy and also has been our biggest challenge. And we've got a phenomenal team yeah our our current team are just phenomenal so it's normal and we need to normalize this in businesses that it's okay to feel this way and to go up and down Mm, and and yeah for sure how have you seen the industry change so obviously you've been purely in hair i've been beauty and hair how have you seen the industry change i think the industry is i we actually had this conversation the other day nikki and i were doing an interview the other day and this came up where i was saying to this beautiful girl that the industry is healing it is different so I think back in the in the earlier days when I was around it was I think if you thought of a hairdresser you thought of someone that was like you know a bit of a party girl a bit of like a wild one bit of you know like bitchy like you know just sort of all that stereotypical bullshit I think that you know everyone thought that they were you know they were really hard done by like wasn't like that when I did my apprenticeship like you're so lucky it's so much easier for you it was so hard for me and it was kind of like always comparative and kind of like you know one upping being like you've got it so easy you like I used to have to scrub this I had to clean this I wasn't allowed to do this it just seemed very like martyry I guess victimy just sort of like feeling like oh it was way harder for me and I think there was a lot of hierarchy in the hair industry now this is my experience I'm talking about my feelings I'm not I don't want people coming at me and being like you know that's not what it is I'm talking about how it felt when this I was coming. Your experience. You can't, experience. No one can like, deny yeah. you that that's your experience. Just want to, just in case we start getting a whole lot of ads, I don't want to have that. That was my experience. And I think what I really wanted, I really hated that. I really hated that sort of like, if you told someone you're a hairdresser, they kind of be like, oh, okay. Or, you know, like just, yeah, I just never felt like it was respected. And I think now within the industry, it's healing and it is respected. I think especially through the pandemic, people learn how to really respond because no one could get their hair cut or any of their beauty treatments done. So I feel like the respect for hair and beauty industry as a whole went right up and people put add more value into what they were getting out of it. I do think though, that also comes with like expectation and like that's probably everyone's got to keep their like elite skill level right up there. So if you're not educating yourself, start educating yourself and keep educating yourself because you will be left behind through the cracks of that. I'm seeing that now people that are getting left behind because they're not staying on top of trends and education and things like that. And I have to say, our biggest investment every year as a company is education. Yeah. I'm not going to throw a figure out there, but it's our biggest, <laughs> it's our biggest investment. But it needs to be. More than rent, more than wages, more yep. than everything is education. education. But it needs to be. This is the thing because we don't want to fall behind. We're not wanting to slip behind that. And I think this is the thing that the industry as a whole, I think it started out and people just doing hair and now it's like you got to you know do hair and do social media and educate and all of these different labels and hats that we have to wear and be really good at photography and you know know how to market yourself and make sure you can fit everyone and hold space and psychology and all that sort of stuff that we are really good at doing i think that the industry is healing as a whole i think that it's becoming more empowering and less hierarchical i don't even think that's a word less hierarchy more 
supporting, sharing knowledge, sharing clients, collaborating, it's becoming a bit more of a We're losing the ownership of clients. Yes, which was so fucked to begin with. Yeah, like people thinking that they own clients. Like this has been a really weird one. When I worked in beauty clinics, absolutely. It was like, that's my client and they'll wait for me to get yeah away from why like, is she in after holidays color? yeah yeah for sure yeah. and it's like no 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 that's the client of the salon and they're not a client they're a guest of the salon yeah. you know that's a guest who has chosen to invest in our company yeah. that's a feather in all of our caps absolutely you know that that's really changing yeah tell and me I Tess, think that's what, what about what i'm so sorry to cut you off but i think that's what i love most about our girls they, they celebrate each other mm. and where that client is in the experience as a whole a client in the salon is a client for all of us and absolutely. i think that's like a really that's where I think the industry is changing. Yeah. What and do you think about the industry? We do in I just want to say we do invest a lot in education in terms of educating our team to be able to deliver impeccable service across the board. Yep. So it's like when a client walks in, if that team member's sick today, like we had a team member who was off on Tuesday, all of the clients who had the opportunity to go into another stylist or colorist went straight in. Yeah. And they were so grateful. They're like, Yep, yeah, of course I'll see that person. Amazing. Yep. And they're delivering the same level of service across it's the consistent. board. Yeah. Consistent, yeah. Consistent. That's, that's the yep. word. I think I, what I've seen change in the hair industry, I just talk for hair, we won't talk for beauty anymore. What I've seen change for the hair industry is people specialising. So specialising in one specific thing. Used to be that you'd go into a salon, you could get a perm, you could get a blow dry, you could get a haircut, you could mm. get you you know, foils. everything, yeah. You'd literally go one-stop shop. Yeah. We were like that initially. Yeah, we, we had a one-stop shop. We had spray tanning, we had skin, we had... Fucking nails at one point. Nails at one point. We had waxing, we had hair, we had colouring, cuts... We had all these different things and we've really, as the industry has, I guess, shrunk a little bit and people are specialising now. So, us, for example, we're a lived-in colour specialist. So, we specialise in low-maintenance, long-lasting colours, which is amazing. Clients love that. It's very in at the moment. It's what we do really well. We don't specialise in creative cutting. We don't do any perms. We don't do any, like... uh, keratin smoothing treatments we don't do any of those extra things we don't do bridal stuff Mm. we don't do hair ups we don't really do a lot of styling we really stick to what we're good at which is color like we do amazing 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 color and we prioritize the integrity of the hair and the health of the hair and things like that which is great and that's our strength but i've seen the industry separate into specializing services and same for beauty it's like you used to be qualified in eight different things now it's like you go to your lash extension person for your lash extensions. You go to your brow specialist for your brow. Like there has yeah. entire industries based around eyebrow waxing. Yeah. Like people who are fully booked all day, every day yeah. for eyebrow waxing. Yeah. That wasn't the case when I first went into That's the industry. That's really true. Yeah. That has um, changed a lot. Yeah, for sure. That's changed a lot. But otherwise I think our industry is just being respected a lot more. A lot more people are seeing the value in it. Mm. I think people are not seeing the hair and beauty industry is this like shit industry that you go into if you don't have anywhere else to go. Mm-hmm. It's really becoming a career and, you know, there, there's great money to be made in this industry as well as an employee. Like yeah. people have the opportunity to do really, really well. Um, and the education is next level now with, with mm. technology. Mm. So I've seen a lot of change in the industry, but a lot that's probably the stuff that I'm the most mm-hmm. observant of, I guess. So we would love it if you're not already following us. Mm. I don't understand how you got onto this podcast. Why are you not? <laughs> uh, we are at a head- <laughs> yeah. How did you find us? <laughs> at a head hair underscore on Instagram. That's where we play the most. Um, we're on TikTok as well. I feel like I'm too old to be saying this, but we're on TikTok underscore underscore ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, our website, www.headhair. 
insta.com.au. I think that's the website. But Insta is where we play the most. So come and play with us on Instagram. We would love to hear from you. DM us if you've listened to this episode and you loved it. We will be back next time with another episode. Thank you guys so much. Really appreciate you listening. And yeah. have you had fun? Oh my god, I love it. Love you guys. This love is so guys. much fun. Now Please. we need to go and have a wine. For and especially birthday. if you loved it, definitely five stars. If you didn't, you put that in a diary somewhere and don't put it on <laughs> our ratings. Thank you so much. Love you. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking this time out for yourself and listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed this episode, we'll be so grateful if you could subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It really helps us grow this show and consciously make a difference. Please follow our journey on Instagram at aheadhair underscore and jump over to our website, www.aheadhair.com.au. See you next time and keep dreaming. <laughs>